We're going to focus primarily on the first four verses uh, of Hebrews 1. And um, so I just want to, I want to read those four verses again before I begin to preach. <clears throat> Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name He has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you so much uh, for this morning. Thank you for the technology uh, that allows us to, to worship together in some capacity this morning. I pray that you would open your word, that you would speak to us as so many of the songs this morning have, have longed for. And um, I pray that you would um, illumine our hearts, that we could hear what you have for the church this morning. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Does God still speak? Now, there, there's a lot in that question. First of all, it presupposes that He ever spoke in the first place. Now, as Christians, we obviously believe that He has. Um, we believe that He has spoken to us through the Scriptures. And our text this morning solidifies that belief. It solidifies it. But does He still speak? And over the last few weeks, I've had a lot of conversations with people, um, some through Zoom, some through the telephone, a few face-to-face. -face, uh, and um, two of our students from Mountain Fellowship have asked some questions or made some comments that really got me thinking, um, that expressed their longing to hear from God. A young man from our church said this to me, prayer is hard for me. I ask God for help, but it just seems like he isn't listening. And then a young woman from our church said this, prayer would be a lot easier if God would talk back. You know, I, I feel that. <laughs> I do. And embedded in both of those statements is a longing to hear back from God personally. Can we expect to hear from God? And if so, how? This morning, as we look at just these four verses, I hope that we can get some clarity. I pray that God would give us some clarity on these two questions. Does God still speak? And if so, how? So let's walk through these four verses together and let's see what the author of Hebrews is telling us. Verse 1, long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. Over the span of a few thousand years, God revealed Himself, His will, and His plan to man, but only in part. And He did it progressively, meaning that as human history rolled on, God's revelation of Himself became more complete. Um. He spoke more of His Word to the prophets. 
the prophecies of the coming Messiah became more numerous. And the portrait of who he was going to be and what he was going to do became more clear. Now, a few weeks ago, uh, our family put together a jigsaw puzzle. Now, my family at home is thinking, you didn't help with that jigsaw puzzle. I put a couple of pieces in there. But I watched the process for days. It seemed like weeks, just to be honest with you. Um, So, for a minute, let's imagine the... um, redemptive history as a jigsaw puzzle. Now, in this particular analogy or illustration, all you have is the perimeter of the puzzle. I don't know if you guys do it this way, but that's our family. We find all the pieces that have one flat edge. We put them together. We make a frame. That's all you've got. Oh, and you lost the box. Okay, so you don't even really know what it's supposed to look like. We might think of this frame is what we know about God from nature. God definitely speaks through nature, generally. Romans 1 says there are some things we can know about God from the creation. His majesty, His eternal attributes. We we can know some things about God from nature. There's a physical boundary that sets the limits to the puzzle. There's a physical boundary that sets the limits to man's existence. But... Imagine they had very little idea of what the puzzle was going to look like when complete. Now we know there's a puzzle designer and maker because the perimeter fits together perfectly. There's exactly the right number of pieces with a straight line on one side, and they all fit together perfectly. But we don't know at this point what his plan is for this puzzle or or the picture that he's going to show us when it's all put together. And we have no picture. Remember, we we lost the box. Oh, and it's worse than that. We actually don't have the other pieces either. That was fallen man's state before God began to reveal himself redemptively. But in his mercy, God did not leave us there. And over the course of those few thousand years, God revealed pieces of the puzzle, to the prophets. He gave them his words, and his words um, at different times, and they were the sections of this puzzle, this redemptive puzzle. Over in this corner, we might have the lives of the patriarchs and the Abrahamic covenant. And maybe over here, there's Moses and, and, and the law. And then up in this corner, we've got uh, the Psalms and the Proverbs and the other wisdom and poetic literature. And then maybe over here, more prophets and covenants and sacrifices and and wars and and worship and the kingdom, the kingdom that was inaugurated through Saul and David and and others and all of its activities and, and worship, true and false worship, the glories of the nation when Israel obeyed and followed the Lord and the atrocities they committed when they forgot Him. Blessing and judgment and the puzzle gets progressively more and more clear and complete. And as the puzzle was going together, the people began to see an image. There was a picture there. It was a picture of a Messiah, a great prophet, a true high priest, a great king. But there were still too many pieces missing, too many pieces missing to see clearly who this Messiah would be and how he could possibly be 
and do all of the things that the puzzle seems to be saying that he's going to be and do. This is Hebrews 1.1. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Now look at verse 2. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he created the world. Now, again, imagine you're at your family's dinner table and you've been working on a puzzle of a lion for three days, maybe weeks. Complete, but you can't make out its true image. You can tell it's a lion, but you don't know exactly what it's going to look like or where it is. And faintly, the front doors start to creak open. Like it wasn't latched all the way. And And a gentle breeze blew and it just creaked open. And as you look up, a lion walks into the house. Can you imagine that? The first thing you see come around the corner are these enormous pans. They look like big furry frying pans. These, these, these paws that are coming down on the ground. The, the floor, the wooden floor creaks and cracks under the weight of this enormous beast. And from the ground to the top of its magnificent mane, this lion stands about six feet tall. It walks right past the table where you're putting the puzzle together, and it turns and it faces you. You can smell its fur, you can feel and hear its breath. The room is utterly full of tension and fear and awe and excitement and glory. And after a long gaze into this lion's eyes, you look down and find that the puzzle is of this exact lion. The pieces have been put in place miraculously. You know it's the same lion because it has scars on its paws and it has a spear wound in its side. And not only that, you realize the background of the puzzle that you thought was the savanna is actually your your dining room wall. You were putting together a puzzle of this exact. Every detail, the lion's face, the angle at which he's turned, the wounds, the color of the wall behind him, your family was foreordained to put together a puzzle of this exact lion in this exact moment. That's Hebrews 1-2. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. After thousands of years of progressively revealed redemptive history, Jesus Christ walked into the room. But unlike the lion in my faulty illustration, Jesus did not just stand there and breathe. He lived a life. He was born into a family. He memorized scripture as a young boy. He was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan. He was driven into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan where he conquered the temptations of Satan by the word of God. He preached. He healed. He turned water into wine. He provided a miraculous catch of fish. He walked on water. He calmed a storm. He fed 5,000 people with a lunchbox. 
He even raised a dead man to life. And he said things that his contemporaries did not comprehend or understand or want to. Jesus said things like this. Before Abraham was, I am. And I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And I and the Father are one. And then this one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That seems like a strange thing to say, even for the Messiah. That's Hebrews 1.3. He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature. He upholds the universe by the word of His power. The author of Hebrews is making a clear point to us this morning. Jesus Christ, the one the Old Testament was telling us about, the one who stepped into the room of human history, is one with the Father. He created the world and He upholds the world. He is the culmination of all that God was doing. And listen, He's the final word that God speaks. The second half of the verse 3 says this, After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus sat down. Having completed the work that he came to do, he revealed the Father in the most complete sense. He was the exact imprint of his nature. He did the work the Father sent him to do, and Jesus Christ sat down. Redemptive revelation is no longer progressive. It's fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Now we can say redemptive history continues because it does. The Holy Spirit is moving across this world continuing to seek and save the lost sheep. Redemptive history continues and it will continue until Jesus Christ returns, judges the world and makes all things new. But the work of redemption It's accomplished. His work in that regard, it's finished. After making purifications for sins, he sat down. Done. Can you see the finality or the completeness the author of Hebrews is showing us here? In the past, God revealed himself in many ways and at many times because he had to. He had an enormous picture to paint. But in these last days, He's spoken to us by His Son. Jesus Christ is the final word of the Father to to man. So if you're paying attention, you should be thinking, what does this have to do with our original question? Does He still speak? You know, I think the question we're actually asking is, does He speak to me personally? That's what our two students were asking. The author of Hebrews is saying he already has. In one sense, in one sense, there is nothing left to say. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. The lion has walked into the room. Jesus Christ, the lion of Judah, the long-awaited king, the long-awaited Messiah has come He has made the Father known to us. Let me say it this way. There is nothing else God can say to us 
that will say more than the person, the life, and the work of Jesus Christ has already said. Let me say that again. There is nothing else God can say to us that will say more than the person, the life, and the work of Jesus Christ has already said. There is no medium around the corner that can portray God to us any clearer than Jesus already has. He is the exact imprint of the nature and glory of God. Do you feel lonely? Look to Jesus Christ. Are you, are you burdened by the loss of a senior year? Look to Jesus Christ. Are you burdened by the loss of a loved one? Turn to Jesus Christ. When you pray, do you long to hear back from God? Look on Jesus. Hear His words. See how He loved others. But I will admit, sometimes that just doesn't seem like enough, does it? Sometimes prayers seem unheard. The truth, although we believe it, it seems powerless to heal. I know that. Even this week, as I was preparing to preach this message, I begged God for clarity. I begged Him. I begged Him for direction. I longed for the right words to say into this camera and this phone that would deliver these truths from Hebrews to the human heart. But you know what? I am powerless to do that. Powerless. Only God can deliver to the human heart. And, and you know what I wanted? I begged him for new words. I did. And no new words came. Do you know where this message came from? It came from the words of Scripture. Even as I wrote a sermon about the sufficiency of what God has already said and revealed, I longed for more revelation. None came. But do you know what did come? Illumination. Illumination came. Do you understand the difference between those two things? Revelation and illumination? Very important. Listen to how Bible teacher Nancy Guthrie explains this. God has spoken and is, in fact, still speaking to us through the Scriptures. We don't need any more special revelation. What we need is illumination. And there's good news. That's me, not Nancy. And this is exactly what Jesus has promised in the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will give us as His Word abides in us. The Holy Spirit of God works through the Word of God to counsel and comfort and convict. That's from John 16. Through the Scriptures we hear teaching rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's from 2 Timothy 3. The Word of God transforms us by the renewing of our minds so that we think more like Him 
and less like the world. Instead of needing God to dictate to us what to do, we become increasingly able to discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's from Romans 12. That's the most profound part, I think. Listen to this again. Instead of needing God to dictate to us what to do, hearing some new word from God, instead of that, by the power of the Holy Spirit, through God's word, we become increasingly able to discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. God, the Holy Spirit, did did speak to me this week but not with new revelation. The foundation of truth and everything I needed to write a sermon, this sermon, was found in God's inspired word in Hebrews chapter 1. I didn't need a new word. I didn't need a fresh word from God. I needed the Holy Spirit to help me see the word that was already there. Like a blind man standing before a great oak, we do not need God to make a bigger tree. We need our eyes healed. And like a deaf man sitting at the Tivoli Theater, getting ready to listen to his symphony, we don't need God to make louder instruments or a new composition. We need our ears unstopped. So let me say this clearly. God still speaks. And He does it through His Word. He speaks through his word that is Jesus and his word that is about Jesus. And which parts of the scriptures are about Jesus? Well, all of them. After the resurrection, Jesus appeared to two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And what what he says, what Luke recounts for us is amazing. Listen, Luke says this. Jesus was walking with them and he was teaching them. And Luke said, Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. In all the scriptures, things concerning Jesus. Now this can be tricky because when we say the whole Bible is about Jesus, we don't mean that we have to dissect every verse to see where Jesus is hiding in it. Rather we mean this, the whole Bible is either preparing for revealing or explaining the person and work of Jesus Christ. So when the author of Hebrews says that in these last days God has spoken to us by His Son, he means the fullness of God's person and message has been revealed to us. And all Scripture, Old and New Testament alike, help us see Jesus clearly. So when you pray, Don't ask God for a new word. Ask Him to illumine your mind to comprehend what He's already said. One of my favorite hymns puts it this way. How firm a foundation, you saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in His excellent word. Listen to this. What more can He say than to you He has said, to you who to Jesus refuge have fled. What more can he say? Jesus has walked into the room and John says, we have seen his glory. 
glory as of the only one from the Father, full of grace and truth. But still we struggle. Still we struggle. We say, but I want to hear from God personally. You will. You see, Jesus is not just this God-man who came to do miracles before the masses or to accomplish a legal redemption separated from, from the people He loves. No. He was also the one who spoke personally to Nicodemus at night. He was the one who intimately and personally spoke to a broken woman at a well in Samaria. He's the one who, when Mary was weeping outside the empty tomb, he spoke her name, and immediately she knew it was him. This is the same Jesus who looked at Thomas and said, Thomas, stop doubting. Put your hands in these holes. Feel where the spear went. And you'll know that I'm the Jesus you remember. And Jesus is the one who called 12 men and said, follow me. Jesus says that to us this morning. He says it to you personally, follow me. And do you know how I know that? It's not because God revealed it to me apart from his word. It's because it's recorded in His Word. Listen to what Jesus says. If any man would follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Jesus' invitation is open to us this morning. It is open to us this morning to follow Him, to walk with Him, to read of Him and learn of Him in His Word to become a true life disciple of Jesus Christ, living life with Him and the way He would live it. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God to speak to you. He already has. He already has. In these last days, God has spoken to us by His Son. Oh, that we would know Him. Oh, that we would hear His voice and follow Him. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we are thankful this morning that You have spoken to us by Your Son, Jesus Christ. The exact imprint of Your nature and glory has been revealed to us in Your Holy Word. Oh, Father, I, I pray that more and more we would hear from you as you speak to us by your Holy Spirit through your word. We thank you in Christ's name.